Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Nathan Berry. I'm the CEO at ConvertKit, and I'm joined by my co-host, Barrett Brooks. He's the COO here at ConvertKit, and we're on a mission to help creators earn a living. This show is about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. All right, welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators, episode 16, I believe. Where I am your co-host, also along with Barrett Brooks. Welcome, Barrett. How you doing? Hello. I'm good. Um, let's see. Quick thing, right off the top, we are actually on iTunes and Spotify now. So we'll drop some links in the show notes. Uh, I sent out an email to my list. If you're coming here from uh, my email list, I appreciate you. Uh, but yeah, you can actually go subscribe, download all of those, binge those if you haven't listened already. And uh, yeah, you know, we're official as a podcast. Well, I mean, that feels good. It took some it time, but we, you know, we delivered eventually. It, uh, it wasn't as fast maybe as we would have liked, but now you can download to your heart's delight. You don't have to tune in every day. Although we, we love the daily interaction. It's a ton of fun. Shall we start with how are you Let's doing? Do it. Uh, so I'd say I'm green today. Today was just a good day all around. We have a couple new designers that joined the team at ConvertKit, and uh, we had a design stand up this morning or design meeting of like diving into everyone's designs and feedback. And it was just really fun to have that with a larger team. And then I also got to meet Caitlin, who's uh, our latest team member on the finance side. And uh, she's pretty great. So it's a good way to kick off the day. How about you? Absolutely. Um, I am, I'm yellow today. Um, not the world though. I would say actually work related where it's in businessy terms, it's a new quarter. Yeah. And, um, we're just kind of trying to dial in our transition from quarter to quarter. And, uh, right now I'd say we're still not great at it. And that's just kind of got me a little, little flustered this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's that, like all the craziness in life and work and then still trying to make things run consistently and, and uh, you know, deliver good results for customers and maintain systems and all of that. And yeah, those uh, it takes practice. And some, <laughs> some of those things are colliding right now in not yes. the best way. You know, the one thing I will say this morning is that uh, I was thinking about, so if I set all of those things aside and I think, all right, well, fine, that is what it is. And there's not a lot I can be do about it immediately. I'm really grateful for the podcast, this one, and the other one that we started kind of behind the scenes. And then my writing, because it's like, I have control over those creative endeavors. I can put effort in and get output out, which nicely transitions into our topic of the day, which is leverage, especially around, well, different types of leverage, but using your name, you know, signing your work with your name, uh, metaphorically, and using creativity as a way to gain leverage in addition to some other ways that we want to talk about. So you want to introduce this topic and why, why it came to mind for you and why you think it's going to be useful? Yeah. So let's just dive right in because I think we could spend a ton of time on this. Um, Great. So leverage is, well, this came up listening to the podcast episode that I had as a resource yesterday uh, from Naval. You can find that nav.al slash rich. Uh, the episode is titled How to Get Rich. And none of them are concepts that were particularly new to me, they were just explained very succinctly and, and very eloquently. So the idea of leverage is kind of kicks off with, um, 
what's the, now I'm spacing on the Archimedes quote, give me a lever long enough and a place a to place yeah, to stand yeah. and I will move the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically leverage is when you have a disconnect between your inputs and your outputs. So typically if I'm doing hourly work of some kind, let's say I am digging a ditch in my backyard, which I actually need to do to run electrical for my tiny house. Well, I was going to say, if anyone wants to come over and help, but you can't, um, <laughs> but if I were to do that, then like I have no leverage in doing that task. You know, it's just, it's going to take a certain amount of time. Whereas on completely the other end of the spectrum, say running a software company, I have incredible leverage and we'll get into why that is. And so one of them can deliver wealth. The other one really can't because it doesn't have leverage. And so today we want to break down a lot of, you know, what leverage specifically is and it's getting, you know, inputs, being able to have outsized outputs and results, and then the different types and specifically how as a creator uh, leverage can play into your business. Yeah. I love that. Um, if I'm looking down a little bit in this episode, I've got my iPad here with some notes on it because this, uh, this podcast episode that, well, really it's like a combination of a bunch of different places. All the information came from, it kind of started from a tweet storm, uh, tweet thread. And so I, I took a bunch of notes. It's a three and a half hour podcast episode, which means you could really wind through a bunch of stuff. But before he gets into talking about different types of leverage, he talks about the willingness to embrace accountability. And specifically, he talks about the willingness to do work under your own name. And I've, I found this to be maybe the most important context we could set for this conversation, because as a creator, you are inherently embracing this reality that and sometimes I think we try and hide from this, which is maybe a lesson to be learned, but you are inherently embracing the responsibility and the accountability that comes with attaching your work to your name. And one of the, it's the greatest honors of it because now you can be recognized for the quality of your work. And it's the greatest risk because if you fail, failure being relative, and we can get into that a little bit. Now your name has been attached to that failure and you have accountability for that. And you're known for that. But in exchange for that downside, you get all of this infinite upside because now you've taken this leap that allows you to gain a lot of value back in return from all of this. So that touches on the idea of reputation as leverage. So there's tons of things that can be le leveraged, but you talked about reputation as leverage. And so for me, like I think of reputation as something uh, pretty important to me. And so if I come into a conversation and I have a good reputation, then the leverage that I have is I don't have to spend any time convincing you that I'm a reliable, trustworthy, smart, capable individual because you already know that. And you have that from my reputation. You know, in the same way, if we talk about relationships as leverage, then you and I have a ton of leverage in this relationship um, because we trust each other. We've worked together for years. We've known each other for what, eight years now, something like that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so when it comes to executing on something, you know, a new vision strategy for the company, getting anything done, even this podcast, right? We don't have to put nearly as much time into it because of that relationship that we have. And that turns into leverage. 
That's right. That's right. Um, and it's hard to build. You know, one of the things that that they talk about in this episode earlier on is the reality that when you skip from topic to topic or industry to industry, and you can no longer rely on the same relationships, you lose a lot of that. And I had this experience uh, this week, actually. So I've got this this personal project, a podcast I want to do that I hope will kind of fuel. So I'm doing some research right now on kind of what meaningful work looks like practically, like on the ground. And part of it. Uh, what I want to do is layer on top a storytelling layer. And I want to do that through a podcast where I interview people, specifically people working on what I consider to be some of the most important problems in society. And so I've got this National Geographic photographer that I've wanted to interview for the show who has a foundation where he protects ecosystems and all of this, but he's also out there on assignment all the time. And I figured, well, he's on quarantine. Maybe right now will be a good time to try and catch him. And so I sent him an email two weeks ago. Yesterday, I followed up and I got the dreaded assistant can response. Paul doesn't have time to take part in every project that you write him about and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, what I'm lacking, because a lot of what I'm trying to do is like justify, this is going to be a valuable conversation for you. I can expose your work to a lot of people who don't know about it today, but he doesn't know that. I could just be some huckster off the street and he has no way to filter because there's no reputational signal there. And so I get a canned response. And so that's why having your name out there and having the reputation gives you all of this value you can build on over yeah. time. Yep, that, that makes a ton of sense. So Naval defines three types of leverage as like broad categories. And, and there's a lot more within it. But these three that he defines uh, are labor, capital, and then what he call, we'll say products, products or distribution. And he says products with no marginal cost of replication. So we'll dive into each one of those. The first one, as far as that everyone's familiar with is, is labor, right? So if I'm working on a task myself, I'm digging that ditch. My inputs exactly match my outputs. There's no leverage there. Now, if I get better tools, either a better shovel or a backhoe or something like that, I can start to have leverage and then I could charge more for my labor. But if I, if I just get more people, uh, more people digging, more people building the house, whatever it is that we're doing, I have leverage when it comes to labor. And that's like the oldest form of leverage probably that there ever is. It's always been around. I was going to say it always will be around, but I actually don't believe that. And we could get into that more later. Uh, The second one is capital. And so capital is where you're able to use money to uh, have it work for you. If you've ever heard the phrase, it takes money to make money, this is what they're referring to. I also don't completely agree with that phrase, but that's a topic for another episode. And so if we think about uh, investors, uh, so whether it's venture capitalists or someone like Warren Buffett or uh, bankers or anything like that, they're using capital as leverage. So they're investing, they're getting a compounding return on it. And as Naval talks about in his episode, that's really the leverage of, of the last century. Uh, that's how a lot of people got really rich was um, off of capital. And both labor and capital, well, we shouldn't necessarily fault them. They tend to be like, that's the old way of leverage. And we tend to think poorly of them because they can tend to either exploit people, right? We're not the biggest fans of Walmart. And part of the reason is because they are all in on labor as leverage. And you're like, okay, but that doesn't, that's not creating wealth for a broad number of people. That's, you know, that has a lot of minimum wage or close to it jobs. And we look at capital and we're not thrilled with that as a form of leverage because, it tends to be passed down generationally. You know, you talk about old money, you talk about, you know, billionaires are not the most popular people on the planet right now. And a lot of it is because we tend to resent capital as a form of leverage. So as you get into this final form of leverage, 
that's where I think creators can really shine. And this is, as Naval says, products with no marginal costs of replication. And so you can put it uh, both product and media in this category. And so product would be, for example, I could sit down and I could teach you how to, how to do a task, or I could write a book and sell it to you. And for every copy of this ebook that's sold, I have no additional work, right? There's a complete disconnect between the inputs and the outputs. I could spend a hundred hours, you know, writing this book and then it could be read 10 times or it could be read a million times has no extra input on the time it took to write. And then the other side of it would be media. So for example, as we create this podcast, for each additional person that watches it, there's no more work for us. We have infinite leverage. So there's tons of examples of that, but the most famous YouTubers, you know, so if you look at Casey Neistat, for example, he has fantastic media leverage. His product is these YouTube videos that he puts out and they have infinite leverage. There's no additional cost to distribute each one. So those are kind of the three main levers. And as creators, we want to focus on the third one. Yeah. And I think one of the points that, that he makes, well, first of all, I love the, the historical context he added that this all kind of started with the printing press, right. basically creating the early leverage for you to be able to spread thought beyond just your ability to show up and speak. But he talks about the value also of combining them, that there's a multiplier effect. And so you can start without labor or other than your own and without capital other than your own and create media or product leverage from day one, especially in uh, digital products. And that's why we love this space so much is that if you come at it with the right mindset, and I think one of the things Naval is really careful to say is that monopolists and people who take advantage of others are not who we're talking about here. And there's the form of that online too. There's the scammers and the spammers and the people selling a dream that's not actually possible to attain. And we try and run away from them as fast as we can. But for everyone else, there's this legitimate opportunity to get started and to get started with relatively low capital costs, either in the form of labor or money. But as you grow, you can gain more and more leverage from having people help you and support that work or having more money to apply to that work. And so that goes like if we were thinking back to our promotion episode, for example. So the whole promotion episode was you are creating media of some kind. And I, on my dog walk this morning, actually, I was thinking about the fact that even if you're a musician or even if you create furniture for a living and that's your creative outlet, that's your original work, you still need to choose writing video or audio as a way to promote the product that you're making. It is media that drives attention and audience building and an audience is who buys your stuff. And so every person, regardless of the creative outlet, must have a platform that they're going to use as well to build the audience for that creative output that they're making. And so as you put it out there, you gain this audience, which becomes its own lever and Capital can influence that because you can accelerate it even faster. We have more capital now as a company, so we can spend money on advertising that accelerates the media we create much faster. We just put out a video story on Facebook the other day and promoted it with ad spend, and it's got like 4 million views. Now, that's not 100% views, but it's some kind of viewer. Right. 4 million different people have watched that thing, and that wouldn't happen if we couldn't multiply our media efforts with capital as well. So as we break it down, because you touched on something really important as a form of leverage, when we think about this as a creator, there's really two categories that I want you to think in. 
One is how can I productize what I'm doing? Because that's going to create leverage. And then how can I build an audience? Because that creates leverage. So if we go back to kind of maybe the most basic example, and let's choose, uh, I'm going to choose a designer and a musician. And we can kind of riff on some of these examples as as we go. Um, But first with the designer, if I have no leverage, it would be that I'm doing hourly work for projects. So like I'm, you know, I have my first graphic design internship. I'm making $20 an hour uh, for, I don't know, I've, I didn't have this internship, but it would have been for like the college newspaper or something like that, right? Like that, that role has no leverage. As I start to build reputation, it can get leverage in other ways. But then if I go to, to being a freelancer and I switch to project-based work where I'm saying, I will build that website for $1,000 or $2,000. Now, good or bad, there's a disconnect between how much time I put in and the amount that I get paid for it. So there's a possibility for leverage there in going from hourly to project-based. And then as we take that further along, if I want to go from project-based to products, that's where we get no marginal cost, then I can write that first ebook or I can put together that course or I could sell a WordPress theme or something, something else. And now all of a sudden I have true leverage where there's a disconnect between, yeah, I can make something once and no matter how many people buy it, you know, I have no marginal cost of replication and I can sell as many of those as possible. And then when you add that third element on it of an audience, and it's really another dimension of leverage that's combined with the product, then I can start to promote it to as many people as possible. And that's where you have like infinite replication of something and, you know, basically infinite reach, infinite possible distribution. And that's where you have a ton of leverage. Yeah. Yeah. And so the hard part always in all of this is there's no guarantees, you know, you're not just because you have leverage doesn't mean that will result in ultimately the purpose of this, this concept is wealth creation, wealth creation being defined as having enough resources at your disposal that you have the freedom to spend your time as you'd like. There's no guarantees just because you are creating a product, you're creating an album, you're writing a book, you're making a piece of furniture, you're, you know, writing a cookbook, whatever that does not guarantee you the outcome, but it gives you a chance. It gives you a chance to get to wealth because it does not cost you anything. The 150,000th time someone buys your book, right? It costed you nothing compared to the first one. The first one was really expensive because you had to get it out there to get the first sale and it has to be good enough. The first person will take a risk based on your reputation though. The 100,000th person will know by then whether it's any good. And so you have to both look at, and this gets to that um, that quote on taste and ability. From Ira Glass. From Ira Glass, right? And it's so good. But essentially that as you get more skilled and you have specific knowledge or skills, which um, Naval also talks about, you can make higher and higher quality stuff. And that makes your stuff more likely to spread. It doesn't guarantee it still, but the higher quality and the bigger the impact that you have on a person through the creative output that you're putting out into the world, the more likely they are to share it with another person and another person and another person. And so you're not just going on your reputation. Well, actually, I guess that's an extension of your reputation. You're now known for making quality work and therefore it's more likely to spread. And so you have more leverage along the way. And so you can see how these kind of layers build. You've got reputation, you've got creating assets, you've got assets that people can buy infinitely. And then if you apply over time, what we've chosen to do at this company is we also apply the leverage of labor and capital. 
and we would never talk about our term, our team yep. uh, in terms of labor, unless it were in the context of this podcast episode. Like economic theory. <laughs> right. But we've also chosen to lead in a way, you've chosen to lead in a way that everyone has skin in the game because they all have equity upside that will allow them to benefit both today from salary and long-term. And so they've got leverage too in this company if it succeeds over a long period of time. And that's exactly what we want is a small team of people who act like owners. Yeah, so we've got a great crew of people here in the chat today. And I'd love if you have examples of how you've achieved leverage in your business, just send them off in the chat and we'd love to share a few of those. But even just taking another simple example of a different type of creator, right? If you go with a musician, this musician might start by playing individual gigs. So for example, uh, I was at a New Year's party this last year where some friends had hired four students from Boise State uh, who had a, a jazz quartet to play for the you know, for the New Year's party. And it made it super fun, right? But there's not really any le leverage there because they had to show up at a specific time in a specific place. But then as they go and they release that first album and they get some of those singles out, now people can be listening to their music and could be playing it at another party where they couldn't afford to spend the money to have these people come in. And so all of a sudden you go from the equivalent of the designer doing hourly work to the designer selling a product. And then as you know, for that band, as they add this extra element into it, if they add uh, distribution as leverage, then they can build an audience of people wanting to follow them specifically. And that moves it from the category of, I just need some jazz music, what's on Spotify, to let me tell you about these guys. They were really fantastic. You know, I follow them because of this reason. And that starts to become a differentiator along the lines of reputation. Yeah, I love that. So I've, I know a couple of people in the chat that I can highlight how they've gained leverage. And then Becky shared a great example as well. Um, so Dave Stewart's here live today and Dave's a, a teacher in Michigan. And he, so one way, like he's obviously, he is labor in the context of the education environment, right? But what Dave has done is he's created a whole bunch of leverage for himself. First, he taught other teachers how to use the methods that have worked really well for him through workshops and going to different school districts. And he still does some of that, but over time he's done more and more productization of that work by creating online products and trainings and resources. He's written a, a book now that's done very well. And so he's got, he took, he went from just being labor in the context of education, which he loves. And so now he's choosing to continue doing that work, even though he could leave it and just focus on the leveraged work that he has. But the reason he gets to make that choice instead of feeling stuck as a teacher is that he's gone out and he's created products that allow him to have zero marginal cost of selling more of them over time. And so the more his business shifts from needing to show up in a place to these products, the more freedom he gets to choose how to spend his time, which a lot of us end up doing by nature, focusing on impact. How can I have the most impact, even if it's on a small group of people with my time? Another example uh, here today is uh, Brad from The Pen Addict. So this is a perfect example of specialized knowledge in the online world. Brad just talks about pens, pens, writing pens, writing utensils. And he's got a rabid following of people who care deeply about pens as well. And there's not a lot of space for a million people to just talk about pens, but there's enough space for someone to be very good at this. And so what Brad's done is instead of I mean, he has made pens, but instead of just making pens, he talks about people who make pens and that gives him a ton more leverage actually. And so then if he wants to go do a fun project where he makes a pen and sells it, 
great. But he doesn't have to rely on labor in order to make his living because he's talking about everyone else who's using capital and labor as their levers. And he gets to laugh all the way to the bank. And he's not the kind of person who would laugh all the way to the bank. It's a turn of phrase, but about the leverage he's got from media because he can get a much wider audience from the way he's tackling the problem. Yeah. Oh, those are great examples. And it's just fun to pull from the community because there's so many different things. And there's a lot of ways that you can find leverage in what you're doing. And, and Becky dropped a great one in the chat talking about how she brought on full-time childcare uh, in order to have leverage with her time to be able to get high impact time to focus on her business. Cause she realized that, okay, there could be a lot of leverage there. And actually, if you take this as an example, if you're thinking about time spent taking care of your kids and you're wanting to hire someone else to do that, for a portion of the day, then you're going to need to go do an activity that earns more than what you're paying, right? So you have to have outsized results. And so you get into that situation where you realize like, okay, I now have a business. I now have a creative endeavor that can earn more than what I'm paying in childcare. Or this goes to you know any other household activity, cleaning the house or, or whatever. And then you can start to get leverage. And then especially as this leverage compounds, because what you're going to find, and this is the same through the flywheel episode that we were talking about, you know, and everything is that it takes a lot of work to get going and get these things started, but it's not like you magically get a certain amount of leverage and then it stays at that. It's that as you do these activities, you're like, okay, I got a little bit of leverage that works. And then the audience grows, the reputation grows, the product gets better. And you realize that over time, you're getting a tiny bit more leverage every single day. Yeah. I love that. Uh, We could go on and I have so many thoughts related to this, which is typical, but I'm going to be disciplined and say, creator of the day. I love that that's what it looks like to be disciplined in Bear Brooks life. I'm going to be disciplined and uh, cut to a jingle. All right. So today's creator of the day for me is uh, someone who's actually taught me a lot about leverage and uh, probably... Taught me about leverage before I knew to call it leverage and knew to define the term. And that's Chris Gillibo. So Chris uh, wrote a blog years ago called The Art of Nonconformity. He still writes the blog, but I came across it in 2011, 2010, maybe. I re- distinctly remember reading a guest post on Tim Ferriss's site from Chris. And he talked about, I actually don't even remember what the guest post was about, but I loved the post and I dove into his site, I think I read all of like Chris's entire website in the over the weekend. And one thing that I found was that um, uh, he was coming on book tour for his first book, The Art of Nonconformity, to Boise the following Tuesday. And so I went from never having heard of him to have read pretty much everything he had written to meeting him in person in like five days. And he set me on a trajectory to earn a living from my writing, build an audience, and start to get this leverage. So I'm going to, since my resources also a Chris Gillibo thing. I'm going to dive right in. He has a new book that came out today called The Money Tree. And uh, I'll drop a link to that. But if you go to aonc.co slash money tree, check that out. I actually haven't read the book yet because it just came out, but I've read everything else that Chris has written and it's very much worth your time. Yeah. Uh, Chris's uh, The Art of Nonconformity had a, a major impact on me early on as well. So I think he he can take a lot of credit for a lot of people who were very inspired by his work early on. He was very much ahead of the curve. Conveniently, my creator and resource of the day are also tied together. My creator of the day is a, I don't know if they're still a duo, but when I 
knew them. They were uh, a duo, husband and wife, Jamie being the core of this Etsy shop. But um, they would host, her and her husband would host in-home dinner parties where they would cook. He's a trained chef and she's an artist. And uh, I found them one time at a little market, just like a Saturday market in Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta, by the way, if you wonder like, wait, you were in Portland, but Atlanta and Atlanta is where home, what that's what shaped me. Portland is where I chose to live because I like it. Anyways, the Etsy shop is awesome. So they, uh, Homespun ATL, they host dinner party or they used to host dinner parties that they would cook for you and have all your friends over. And they've got this delightful Etsy shop centered around Georgia and food stationery and things like that. My resource of the day is I'll scroll down and show you this principal set of all four seasons. And then I'm going to show you my version of it. It's quite cheap actually. Um, Oh, this is just a PDF version, but I bought an in-person version long ago. And so every season we switch out our little prints. This is, this is clearly the old version because they look different than the ones I just showed you, but uh, it shows you all the stuff that's in season. You know, a lot of nutritionists say eat by the season if you want to kind of vary your diet and be healthier. And um, I love them. I was changing it over today and I thought, you know, this is a really cool way to highlight a creator and we truly do buy more produce that's in season because of these things. So that's my creator and resource of the day. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Uh, a couple of things as we wrap up first, go subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, someone was mentioning in the chat. It'd be nice to listen to the past episodes and you can, because that's how podcasts work. So definitely go subscribe. Uh, we'll drop all of the links uh, in the chat so you can do that. Um, and we'll actually get the future belongs to creators.com up and running so that, you can yeah. link to there. So for a closing thought of the day, um, I'd love you to maybe spend some time journaling this afternoon and think about where do I currently have leverage in my business? Where could I create more leverage in my business using media or products? Really focusing on things that I could do that would create zero marginal cost assets that can make money for me, whether I put more effort in or not. And then maybe something that we'll touch a little bit more on the emotional side is where are you shying away or leaning out from signing your name to your work? Where could you be taking accountability by staking your reputation as an individual on the work that you're putting out? And uh, what are maybe the reasons that you're shying away from it? What's holding you back there? Because I think that might un unlock some really interesting upside potential long-term. That's great. All right. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you didn't pick it up from the show, we make a tool called ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. If you want to give ConvertKit a try, you can go to landingpage.new to launch your next creative project. You'll be able to build a landing page and send emails for up to 500 subscribers totally for free. So again, that's landingpage.new. You can get started with your free ConvertKit account today. Thank you.